0: To Hemp Foundation talks, where we listen to the heartbeats of the hemp industry and learn the celebrations, challenges, and discoveries from hemp leaders and advocates from around the world. I'm Rebecca, International Business Officer with the Hemp Foundation, and your host. Today's guest, we have Abhishek Mohan. Abhishek has been part of Sunrise Industries his whole career. Over the last fifteen years, he has been part of the online games, data security, venture builder, and fintech space and seen ventures go from seed to public listing across Southeast Asia, India, and Japan. He is the founder and CEO of Hemp Street, which is India's first and largest research to retail venture in the medical cannabis space. The company is now in the midst of the largest rollout of medical cannabis clinics across India and is currently in over 9,100 clinics across 25 states. Hemstreet has also recently won the coveted Big Grant from BIRAC, the first medical cannabis company to win the same, for the development of a novel transdermal delivery technology for cannabinoids. Hemstreet is taking the fight to mass ailments, utilizing researched and responsibly dispensed cannabis-based medication. Abhishek, thank you so much for coming and being on our show at HEP Foundation. Um, We really appreciate, you know, and admire the work that you're doing, Um, especially me as a student of Ayurveda. Um, I'm I'm really um, happy to see, you know, what you're doing in in cannabis and Ayurveda together. So maybe you can start off by sharing a little bit more of, of your passion, your journey, your why, you're doing what you're doing right now um you know from from before Hemp street to to now
1: so well, thanks for having me and it's a pleasure to be uh be um speak with you right now and um yeah to give you a background i've kind of been in the uh, startup and uh seen from a, quite a young age uh most seriously in southeast asia on video games and uh mobile security uh worked with incubators i was a co-founder of uh one of the early incubators in India. And uh, as this, you know, went through this journey, we were quite heavily focused on healthcare and the healthcare scenario in India is quite dire, especially around chronic pain. Mm. Uh, I was also quite moved by, uh, uh, I would say shocked by what happened with the opioid crisis in America. So me and my co-founders really saw cannabis as a way to tackle chronic pain and, uh, uh, you know, avoid the repetition of the opioid crisis in India, which is Mm. actually looming. And uh, we obviously found in Ayurveda, one of the companies we incubated was an Ayurveda network. And we understood that Ayurveda was the conduit and Ayurveda has the richness of pharmacopoeia. All we needed to do was to take it through the scientific validation process, which we are in the process of, and then responsibly dispense it. And and that's how Hempseed came about. Wonderful.
0: So, when did you guys start
1: so as an idea Hemp street was around since uh, 2018 but we started the company in 2019
0: awesome amazing so from you know i mean what is your guys main goals right now you know i understand helping to solve this issue with with the opioid crisis and 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 pain and, and stuff can you tell me a little bit more about um the products that you guys have, and um, and how are they how are they you know currently helping people?
1: So absolutely. So I think we looked at mass ailments. We looked at ailments. We spoke to hundreds of doctors uh, across the country before we decided on what products we would after what ailments we would go after, and we found out our first product was actually aimed and still is at menstrual cramps. There are three hundred and fifty five million menstruating women in India, one hundred and fifty eight million. Suffer from debilitating menstrual cramps, so that's basically something that doesn't let you go to work, something that that really very really adversely affects your your quality of life. Yeah. and uh, and there is no uh, targeted, uh, uh, you know, I would say uh, solution for it. There wasn't, you know, people were taking a mix of pills and pills that basically that you would take four thousand times in your in your life, I mean, I don't want to mansplain, but for women, yeah, <laughs> uh, 4, 000, if you're taking something 4,000 times in your life, it shouldn't be something that harms you in the long term. Right. So we found that that was a very underserved section of society, it's half our population, nothing was being done about it. So that's why we went first. And, uh, you know, and then the second was uh, gut health. Uh, and gut health, again, in Ayurveda, what you eat is what you are, right? I and mean, more right. people realize that now after COVID that wellness and symptom suppression are two different things. Right? Are you really well, even though you feel okay? And uh, I think that was that was the second. And we've had a significant amount of success actually today. We're we have a product on shelf in over nine thousand clinics in twenty five states in India. We've uh, shipped over four million doses of uh, our menstrual cramps product. We've wow. See very good reviews. Where, uh, you know, we've had a lot of women write to us and, and give us feedback that their quality of life has changed. We will always be about mass ailments. We are. We do have four or five other mass ailments that we're looking to tackle with, you know, with Ayurvedic uh, cannabis-based medication.
0: Mm-hmm. I really appreciate your approach. You know, not just putting it out into to the marketplace, but putting it out through through the doctors, right, through the Ayurvedic practitioners, because that is so very important. Because each person is is very unique, and and Ayurveda is. Uh, you know, client-centric, as we would say in the West, <laughs> um, um, you know, to, to really um, help the person for for where they're at, right? Because everybody is unique and has different root causes of even the pain with menstrual crap, cramps, right? So it's very important that somebody would consult with, with an Ayurvedic practitioner to make sure that they get what is the right dosage and everything for them. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, the network of doctors that you've been able to, to bring together?
1: Sure. So we've, uh, I mean, one of the things we, we always said was that if something was of a medical nature and was it was provided as a medical solution, a medical practitioner had to be, uh, you know, taking the call. So we don't do patient marketing. We don't do all these campaigns. We heavily rely on our doctors to make that decision. Sometimes the doctors decide that cannabis is not for this patient. Mm-hmm. and that's the doctor's decision it's not it's not you know kind of a kind of a pill mill scenario we we it took us quite a while to to basically you know speak with doctors all over the country uh, you know gain their trust and tell them that this is a solution that we're providing but it's completely up to the doctor so um, yeah our network is across the country in 20 25 states about nine thousand clinics now have our product on shelf we we didn't we don't We don't, I would say, we don't follow, I would say, the pharma model. We don't try and push as much product as we can to our doctors. We, uh, like I said, our doctors took a while to, because we were in kind of, we were the modern, uh, you know, having the history that cannabis had after the NDPS Act and the illegality and everything. We took an extra effort to make sure we, responsible dispensation was something we would do from day one, even Mm -hmm. before the first tablet moved through from manufacturing to uh to our doctors we we deployed a blockchain based solution that we've onboarded all our all our clinics all our doctor partners on and uh, that that even today i mean all all movement of our product is tracked uh, in a non uh, you know something that we can't erase uh, to keep it you know honest we also uh, have uh, an immediate understanding if a doctor is excessively ordering uh, which hasn't mm-hmm. happened so far which is amazing but I mean, once we did suspect, and we obviously, you know, checked, and it was, you know, we were wrong, and that was good. So Mm -hmm. we are very, very uh, strict about the fact that this, you know, anything that's going out to try and replace or avoid people using opioids should not be like opioids. It has to, you have to do what was not done before. Responsible dispensation Mm -hmm. is one of those things. So, so yeah.
0: what has been um, some of your guys' biggest challenges, you know, to date through this and how did you overcome that?
1: I think it was basically to resist the urge to, to, to just go to market,
0: mm-hmm. to
1: build, to, to have the discipline to build a structure for the long term, mm-hmm. have the discipline to forego the low hanging fruit and uh, understand the regulatory environment. And when we did understand the regulatory environment, we we realized that India is one of the few federally legal countries in the world for medical cannabis, except that it's under Ayurveda. And uh, there, is a, there is an absolutely legal, federally regulated, I mean, nationwide regulated method to deliver the solution that patients need. So I think that was one of the things that took some time for us to understand, and we took the time. Mm-hmm. And the second is, uh, again, coming out of a history of one generation before us that you know, was just told that it was absolutely illegal to, uh, to basically come out and, and win the trust of patients, to win the trust of uh, doctors. I think that was, that was something, a challenge we took upon ourselves. Yeah. And I would say one of the big challenges was, was to do the right thing, I would say, by, I would say, not being greedy.
0: Yeah, taking your time, being patient with the process. <laughs> That's yeah. always the challenge, right, for us entrepreneurs who want to make things happen and make them happen quick. Is you know yes. to honor the process and to do things the right way too, because that's always the best for the long term.
1: And, um, and to understand uh, the um, medicine and cannabis for what it is, I think uh, because in the last ten years or so, there's been a massive amount of capital that's gone into CBD and you know kind of a recreational offshoot of, of that's now becoming medical globally. So rather than follow that trend, we looked within to see what was in the pharmacopeia of Ayurveda. How could we take that across uh, the scientific validation process? How could we bring it to the 21st century? Mm -hmm. We didn't need to reinvent the wheel, but resist the temptation of following a very recent development that even today, the world is now waking up to polyherbal and, and, you know, and natural and holistic. And we, to keep that discipline, while everybody was abroad was raising a ton of money on a very simple business model, which we, you know, that was one of the challenges too, like trying to, you know, chart a path that hadn't been charted before anywhere else right. in the world. Right.
0: So what is your guys' um, vision, you know, within the next three to five years? How do you see um, um, the growth of, of, you know, medical cannabis and Ayurveda and, and you know, for you personally and then for, for the overall?
1: So I think we would like to change the quality of life of at least four to 500 million people worldwide, I think, over the next five years. I mean, via the intellectual property that we we come up with, via the, via the formulations that we have, via the dispensation method that we have, and via all the conversations we're having across the world. I think the key is the cannabis industry is one chance that we can actually do things right. It's new. Yeah. People in it seem to want, you know, be in it for the right reasons. It's just that we shouldn't, you know, and always keep, I would say everybody should remember that that we're here to help people to to keep the patient first to understand that the doctor is the conduit to understand that cannabis is a or a, 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 in ayurveda it's one herb it's a very important herb, mm-hmm. important plant but it's one plant it, it right. interacts with various other plants to deliver the intended medical benefit and it performs a function sometimes uh, as an anti-inflammatory sometimes to to you know to, to relieve stress sometimes to uh, to sleep d- depending on what formulation it's in so i think mm-hmm. I think based on what we have in our culture and history and based on the scientific validation process, I think there's a potential to, I would say, change the world. Yes. And that's what we want to do.
0: (laughs) Maybe you can explain, because, you know, I understand from the Ayurvedic um, perspective, but maybe you can, can explain to the audience or other people, what is the difference between, you know, just taking a CBD oil with the many different strains versus, you know, the synergistic effect of, of looking at it, the plant from a holistic perspective and including other herbs, you know, from that that also help to support or even including the entire plant, right? So maybe you can um, talk a little bit on that for people who don't quite understand the Ayurvedic perspective.
1: Yeah. It's basically in India, in the legal realm and in Ayurveda largely, it's the cannabis leaf that that, that we use. And uh, again, if you look at uh, our menstrual trans product, it is. Uh, the actual cannabinoid, uh, the major cannabinoid content is not very large, but when it interacts with the other herbs that are that are part of it, it, it unlocks the anti-inflammatory, uh, you know, um, effect. Now, why this is important is that if you look at some of the other trials around menstrual pain that are going on around the world, they involve uh, dosages of up to 320 mg of CBD twice a day, you know, The idea is you should be able to alleviate the pain, but still function, right? I mean, that's, right. so the idea is, I mean, CBD, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think CBD rose to importance as a commercial decision. CBD is, you know, it does have its benefits, but I think the idea was in, in, in the US, it was legal to grow hemp in all states, but cannabis was restricted. So CBD was the common denominator. While it's useful. It's you know you cannot ignore the entourage effect. I mean, just because you've researched about CBD, or CBD or THC or CBD or, or delta eight or whatever else, I mean, as you discover more cannabinoids, it doesn't mean that there is no role of the other cannabinoids that you have not, or the terpenes of flavonoids, or whatever that you have not that you have not yet researched. Just because mm-hmm. you found something doesn't mean it is the most important thing. And in either way, that that's why the full plant. I mean, and the leaf powder. There's, there are 280 different formulations in Ayurveda for very specific ailments. Now, there's two, two ways to, to to handle this. One is to say, okay, it's legal, we'll just go out and prescribe it. The second is to try and take it through the scientific validation process. Now, if you look at the cannabis industry globally, you had billions of dollars go into it, but the innovation has been quite, quite little, right? I mean, you've had one or two intellect IPs created. You've had a lot of talk around CBD or different dosages of CBD. But uh, it's still wide open, right? Now, when you have this vast pharmacopoeia in Ayurveda, all you need to do is take it through the scientific validation process, which is something that's very important. So why would you want to... You, I mean, there is cutting-edge research that people are doing, we are doing around, you know, Western-style transdermal delivery. Israel is doing extremely, you know, advanced research. But you have this, this ancient wisdom. And once you take it through the scientific validation process, then it's not... this. There's no question about efficacy, right? Right. But the main principle is that there was a rush to create a cannabis industry where cannabis was the centerpiece primarily because of the recreational, I would say, but, you know, the fact that something was illegal, now it's legal. But, uh, and and as a result, cannabis needed to have its own thing. But in Ayurveda, cannabis is extremely important, but it is one of, you know, many other herbs. Right, right.
0: Awesome. Um, well, yeah, I mean, just so maybe you can go on to explain a little bit more of um, what you see for the future. And how can we get people to understand, you know, I think you've done already a lot of work in in educating the people and then providing the solutions, right? That's, that's important too. But um, how do you see that we can continue to to grow in this area?
1: Absolutely. So I think, uh, see, one of the good things about what's happened in North America is that it started off with the, uh, with, the with the recreational uh, kind of focus. So it destigmatized, right? It basically took the illegality out of it. Mm-hmm. So as a result, when 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 doctors will prescribe it, people are more receptive to 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 receiving it. In India, on the other hand, uh, it was made very illegal, and recreational is still very illegal uh, in every state. So as a result, we did not find it. We, we knew that the doctors, especially Ayurvedic doctors, have a certain level of trust they have with their patients. Some of them are second generation. Right. So we knew that the doctors were really the best people to explain this to people because they were, they were not given saying, you know, here's cannabis. It was a, a solution to an ailment that they have as part of a polyherbal formulation. Mm-hmm. so we i mean just the, the fact that we've scaled the way we have uh, you know the doctors we we laid our trust in the doctors and the patients have trust in doctors and yeah. that's kind of how it worked and after covid people like i said have taken a new uh, a new uh, idea of what wellness means right i mean right. you could like i said you you could be a rich diabetic in in the in the us and and take uh, you know maintenance medicine, and you don't feel like anything's wrong with you. But then COVID comes along, and you fall very sick. Yeah. And and the, 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 so the the idea of symptom suppression that over the last two generations we've gotten used to is pop a pill to forget about what's happening to you. Same with pain, also with menstrual pain. We we work towards management of that pain, not complete alleviation, because pain is an indicator, right? Right. So as a result, you know, we've gotten so used to popping a pill to forget the symptom, we don't realize what the underlying issue is. But a lot of people now, are, that's why Ayurveda is getting very popular in North America, it's getting very right. popular around the world because people want to be well. It's, wellness is an ongoing uh, process. And in wellness, natural will usually always win. Right.
0: right. And, and Ayurveda really emphasizes um, balance, right? And, and our body has that natural ability to balance itself. But we get out of balance and maybe we take, you know, like you were saying, um, a, a drug that's covering the symptoms, right? But it's covering the symptoms, but then it's creating imbalance in other areas of our body. So I think, you know, the Ayurvedic approach is to have, um, to, to, for the doctors, right, to help the client to become balanced. And, and if, if um, cannabis is something that can help along with the synergistic of effects of other things, and lifestyle and behavior and all those other things that go into it, right? And and I think like you said, that people are waking up more because of COVID and 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 looking at stress, because stress is one of, you know, number things. And, and then that's a cause of pain as well, right? So, you know, I, I really appreciate your approach and I thank you for the work that you're doing. Um thank you. is there any any last things that you want to say or anything um yeah that you want to Share. <laughs>
1: no, no, absolutely. I think I think there's uh, a lot of help people need in in developing countries. I would say uh, a, a lot of ailments that we're going after are ailments that 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 basically destroy a quality of life right at the onset. Don't give you a fighting chance. So I, I think if anybody is looking to get into the industry, anybody is uh, you know working around you know solutions for some of these mass ailments, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to give advice to anybody. Uh, this industry needs to grow, uh, yeah. uh, and 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 more people need need help today. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely happy to share with anybody, talk to anybody about anything if it if it gets these solutions to market faster.
0: Amazing! <laughs> Thank you, Abhishek. Appreciate your time. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hemp Foundation Talks. Foundation is a non-profit social enterprise on a mission to provide solutions for our current ecological crisis. Hemp Foundation and their brand, Uki has created a value chain from village farms to the marketplace. Utilizing the many benefits of hemp to overcome deforestation, fight plastic pollution, and support regenerative practices to heal our earth. The foundation supports over 250 small village farmers in the Indian Himalayan region. In addition, they employ widows and women in the production of over 500 hemp products for the marketplace, from clothing to food to hemp bags, a large range of textiles, embroidered fabrics, home goods, and even hemp bioplastic. To learn more, visit hempfoundation.net.